you are listening to the B-Cast. Hey everybody, how are you? How you doing? How you be? It is your host, your buddy, your pal, Vic Cedeno, back for another episode of the V-Cast. Hope everybody's having a great day. It is Monday night. It is the day of death. The Monday after a spring forward clock movement. I don't even know the background behind this whole daylight savings time thing. And to be honest with you, I don't care. It did not affect me. Um, Sunday was a little weird. um, Just because I felt like I was like... I don't know, I just felt, like, you just felt behind, and, um, but that's it, man, I I mean, Monday, it's back to business, that's, you know, if you have goals, if you're, if you're chasing out there, I mean, if you're listening to my Instagram stories in the morning, man, I'm trying to get pumped for the days, I don't want to be down about anything, I don't have time to be down, and this week I was down, I was sick, um, just, it's just crazy how a common cold can take over your whole life, and change everything you're doing. Um, just, you know, stuffy nose. I actually lost my voice on Wednesday. Uh, I was feeling something Monday and then Tuesday night. Um, you know, laugh it up Tuesday. I, I was home and right before I left for the show, I was thinking in my mind, man, I shouldn't go. I shouldn't do it. I could call out. I could have called, you know, a number of people and had them host a show and they would have been happy to do it. Um, but I wanted to do it. I was ex- actually excited about doing some material that I wrote that ended up uh, eating a big dick anyway. But it was, um, that, that you know, when you get excited, I don't know, you know, who listens to this, if it's a comedian or if it's non-comedians. When you write something and you get excited about it because it makes you laugh or it makes you smile and you think it's going to transfer well, you want to, th- there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting on that stage. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and that, and that's what, that was me. I like, I, I felt it and I was like, oh, I should probably stay home, but I pushed through it. Um, I had like this tickle in my throat and uh, I went up there and, <clears throat> excuse me again, uh, last, um, uh, like, you know, halfway through the show, like I was introducing people and as I'm introducing like everybody's last name, my voice gave out on everybody's last last name. I sounded like a pre pubic pre prepubescent pre pre pubic hair adolescent. I don't know what whatever it is, but that's what I sounded like. I was going through puberty, and my voice kept cracking. And you know, I just pushed through it, um, and finished the show. The show was fun last week, and. And, um, and I got home and I went to bed and, you know, did the normal thing. And when I woke up on Wednesday, I was beat, man. I was hammered. I was, um, I had like the, my, you know, when you get that stuffy nose, it feels like somebody stuck a wet rag up there and it's just hanging there. And then every time you like turn your head one way, like shifts all to the other side. Well, I had that, uh, I had the cough and I had, um, and the, I had no voice. My voice was gone. I could not talk Wednesday. So I ended up um, running to work. I had to go to work because on Tuesday also I had one of those days at work where I was so busy and I needed to leave right on time. And I hate leaving work with anything on my desk. I don't like leaving things that are pending on my desk. And 
that's what I did. I left just a, a shit storm right on my desk. I was like, you know what? I'll deal with this in the morning. One of those, one of those days where I was just like, I'll deal with this in the morning. Nope, there was going to be no morning because I was sick. I almost didn't go. And I just rushed in and, and um, got got all that stuff done a couple hours and then went home. Didn't talk. Couldn't talk. Um, and uh, then I just spent the day sleeping. And I was resting because I had the show Friday. And I didn't want to... Um, what was that? This week? When was it? Yeah. Last week, yeah. So I had the show at the station, Bar and Grill, on Friday, and I wanted to make sure I had my voice for that, and um, and it did. I, everything worked out. The show was fun. Station Bar and Grill in Cranberry, New Jersey, run by Mike Bonner, a great guy, um, really nice guy, runs a good show. Uh, nice little restaurant there. They give the comics um, uh, free, you know, free dinner, which is nice. Um, something I'm trying to get. Um, for my show, we'll see how that goes. Um, what else is going on? Um, there was something else. I'm sorry that I'm a little bit disheveled, but I'm doing this on my my budget podcast with my budget headphones. No, I have a pair of Beats headphones, but I only have one pair. And I really like using them at the gym because they cover all, you know, they just block everything out. The gym music sucks. And I block everything out, and I have my music pumping in my ears. And uh, then I come here, and I'm, I grab them, and I go to put them on, and they're still sweaty. I'm dealing with some soggy headphones right now, people, but I'm powering through. I was thinking of doing them without the headphones, but then I wouldn't really feel like I'm like a podcaster. I need to have the headphones so it's legit. Or else this recording doesn't count. I can't upload it. iTunes won't accept it if I didn't wear my headphones while I was doing the podcast. So I have to wear the headphones. Um, but what else is going on? Uh, lunchtime hideout. My favorite thing going on right now. One of my favorite things. I have so many things going on, people. It's um, Somebody at work asked me the other day, do you sleep? And I, and I was like, yeah, I sleep a few hours a day. Uh, but that's because I'm busy chasing a whole bunch of things, and um, and I'm really happy. I'm I'm more fulfilled now than I've ever been in my whole life. Um, family, I, you know, getting my fitness back together, um, and just chasing this dream. My work is going well. Um, you know, my career, as far as having a stable job and income, and um, you know, pays the bills, and there's a lot of opportunity there as well, um, which I'm kind of getting pulled in different directions because I'm so busy on the other end that I, I, I just, I have no brain power. I have no brain power for anything else outside of my 9 to 5. So when my 9 to 5 is up, my 9 to 5 stays within 9 to 5, man. I, I just don't have anything else to give that. I am stretched way too thin. Um, and I'm okay with that because I'm going to eventually, well, I don't want to say narrow things down, but things will just settle. Right now, you know, the clouds, the dirt's all kicked up because I'm just shuffling in so many dif different directions, trying to get things to take off. Um, and I'm really, really excited about all those things. My lunchtime hideout, um, afternoon show i really like that because there's a purpose to it it's original it's mine and um it there's um and the purpose is you know to escape your 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 work day for a little bit even if it's for that one minute 
during your lunch, during your break, during that break in that one minute, if I can change your mind about how your day's going, if I can give you a different perspective or something else to think about, um, just to go back to the drawing board because it, you know that's something I have to do. That's how that was born. That's how the lunchtime hideout was born. Was from me needing to escape my job because I. I would just go in hard and just work through lunch, not take lunch, eat lunch at my desk and just be droning. And um, and that's not good. It's not good for you uh, mentally. And I would be really, really agitated, you know, get short, you're stressed out, you're not eating right. Because uh, I like to eat comfort food and everything and all that good stuff. So wasn't good so that's where the lunchtime hideout came because i just would leave work and i'd drive to a parking lot and just sit there and eat lunch and just stare out into the parking lot and and you know listen to a podcast or you know something just to, something to take my mind off and i tell you man that really made a change um for me so i'm trying to promote that to other people that's what the lunchtime hideout is um all about so i'm excited about that i'm excited about um the World Series of Comedy coming to Nikki's Bar and Grill in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Um, that's going to be super exciting, and I'm really excited about getting that off the ground. But again, that's a lot of work, and it's nerve-wracking, and I have um, a lot of fears of failing, and you know, not everything not going right, and it just being a big waste, and I look like an asshole. Um, you know, but that if I just sat there and worried about that fear and let that dictate me, then I wouldn't get anything done. I wouldn't be doing the things I like doing, which is all of this. Um, uh, so we have the World Series of Comedy. I talked about that. I, you know, I made the announcements on social media. Um, we have the newest addition to my uh, ever to-do list is the Comedy Collusion. I have joined forces with Comedy Collusion. I'll be working with Clint Esposito. Uh, and his company, his promotional company, Comedy Collusion. Um, I've been debating the idea of opening my own promotional company because everybody's doing it. Everybody has a brand, and um, and I'm just I'm so busy with the podcast now, being committed to it, making sure every Monday I'm in this uh, basement panel, wood panel studio, to bring you guys, um, you know, forty five minutes of flavor, and. Um, I'm really committed to doing that, so I have that going on. I have, you know, my daily show, um, Lunchtime Hideout. I have Laugh It Up Tuesday on Tuesdays. Uh, I have my own comedy career to think about. I have my family. I have, um, so just me promoting shows, and it was something I wanted to do, especially working with Laugh It Up Tuesday and, and doing that, that stuff. I wanted to get involved with paid shows and, you know, book shows and, booking headliners and, you know, getting into that networking. Um, but I just didn't want to apply myself. I didn't want to, to, to spend the time. So joining forces with Comedy Collusion was the next best thing. I'm really, really excited about that. Clint is an awesome dude, and uh, we get along good. We have really good uh, chemistry uh, when it comes to batting ideas back and forth. And, um, and uh, we just always seem to, like be right on the same page when you know with the line of thinking and we come up with some really good ideas and we we play off each other's strengths and uh, uh it's really exciting we have a venue now we have a home base it is called the comedy dungeon all right the comedy dungeon is going to be located at the loft inside of the riverside manor in patterson new jersey 
Ooh, Patterson. No, it's going to be on the border of Fairlawn and Patterson. You have to say that because people get scared when they hear Patterson. Uh, but this is right um, right off of Route 20. Um, so it's it's a really nice catering hall, you know, type of venue. Uh, but it has a lot of different rooms. There's rooms where we can book, you know, some real headliners and, and sell out multiple shows. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Plus we have a normal space with, you know, that's going to be the comedy dungeon. Um, uh, we're getting the, you know, backdrop and all that sorted out. Um, and our first show's this Friday. Our first show's this Friday. I'm on the card. We got Rich Carucci headlining. We have Candace August is going to be on the show. Um, Pedro Garcia, a new up-and-coming comic, funny guy. He's going to be DJing. And I think he's going to do some time. Um, I don't remember who else off the top of my head. I apologize. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited about that. That's going to be a fun show. Uh, and just the whole workings of it. Um, we also got something else in the works uh, that I can't talk about yet, but that's going to be announced pretty soon. Uh, this is another... Um, uh, another collusion of a couple of guys that are getting together to put on some some fun stuff coming up in the future in the future but i can't talk about it yet but keep running my damn mouth um so yeah producing shows i'm really excited about that it's a whole new venture uh and it's again gonna take up more time but these are all things i feel like i'm contributing towards the overall brand my overall exposure my overall experience everything that i do regardless of what if i know what i'm doing or not just like this podcast is a step forward um there's no you know you're not taking a step backwards by trying something you're taking a step forward you're doing something and um just uh, it's just the point of being consistent about it which is what i struggle with and my struggle with that comes from my lack of discipline and that's really what i wanted to talk about um today well not so much discipline but um uh, i guess i ruined that uh i might that discipline might be for another episode maybe we'll talk about discipline now we'll really fuck that up the, the real topic of the uh the, the the podcast and what I was going to talk about was failure, but we're talking about discipline now, too. I mean, it all ties in together, kind of. I don't know. I really fucking veered off, but this is why we do these podcasts, people. This is a beginner's podcast, okay? Don't judge me, all right? Don't fucking point your little finger at me and say, oh, he messed up. He doesn't even know the topic of his own show. That's right. I don't know what's going on half the time. I'm busy doing shit, all right? Sip of water. And we continue. So, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about this. Not discipline. It's just doing all these things and a fear of failure. Um, Sunday. Sunday was pretty interesting because um, I was home all day and I was like uh, just playing in my head. Everything sounded like failure. Everything, my, you know, those voices in your head, they started ganging up on me. Oh, the voices in my head, not the voices in your head. Fuck the voices in your head. They don't talk to me. But the voices in my head were playing tricks on me with um, the fear of failure and um, what am I doing and I'm not good enough for any of the stuff I'm doing or trying to do. This is all going to be stupid. Just, you know, 
that that kind of voice and and I was pretty pretty depressed that excuse me um I think I'm undiagnosed depression depression that's that's another episode again um but I just I just was like paralyzed Sunday I didn't want to move I just wanted to lay on the couch all day and I was just in my head um real heavy and it was uh, it weighing on me like emotionally like emotionally it just drains and sometimes I think about that like why am I depressed I'm depressed for no stupid reason and um nothing you know I have zero zero people zero to be depressed about I'm healthy thank thank the lord um, my family's healthy, thank the Lord. I have a home over my head. I work. I have dreams I'm pursuing, a supportive wife. Uh, I mean, I really have zero to complain about. I fucking have high taxes, all right? That's what I can complain about. I have high taxes, all right? And um, and that's it. That's literally all I have to complain about. And I'm sitting on my couch, laying on my couch like a little fanboy. I don't even know why I said fanboy. Um, but like just like just laying on my couch like a little bitch complaining to myself about I'm not good enough I'm not I can't do anything and like there's just no reason for those voices to be there but they just creep up and they were beating the shit out of me all day and then um, I kept trying to take a nap I holy shit that scared the shit out of me sorry about that um, I kept trying to take a nap, and and then um, my wife and daughter started arg started arguing, and I just got pissed off. Uh, sometimes my depression, my my emotions, usually usually my emotions manifest into anger. Um, my anger is always a, a a way I hide my fears, a way I hide my sadness. Um, I, you know, I hide that in anger. Most people do. I, I forgot what they used to say. Somebody um, used to say fear is a, um, fear is a, I don't know. I guess fear is the root emotion of anger or something like that. Um, but that's basically usually why I get really angry is because of some other underlining thing that I'm not dealing with. So yesterday was that, and I was thinking about that, um, last night and I found you know I got up I went and I did the open mic and just getting out of the house like that was such a victory to leave I know bullshit I had a meeting I had a meeting about that thing I was talking about that I can't talk about right now and um I had that meeting and just getting out and getting that fresh air and going to do something and like playing music I like to play um you know just music that gives me and I hate to use this word but that gives me like swagger. That gives you that, um, that you know, grab your dick and walk around feeling like you're the shit. Like that kind of music picks my 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 picks me up. It fills my uh, my self esteem, or it fills my um, not self esteem. What am I talking about? My confidence, my self confidence. Right, it just fills it all up, and I feel like better, and I feel like you know. I start to convince myself again of the truth, which is I am the shit, and I need to just, you know, act accordingly, which is not to be cocky and, you know, dickhead, but it's a mentality I think everybody should adopt, and it's, 
when you look over your life and you see all the shit that you have been able to do or the things that you were able to do when you applied yourself, you're usually surprised. Like you're usually like, wow, I can't believe I did that stuff. And, um, and I'm able to do that. So when I look back at things like that, I'm like, wow, I was able to do these things. And that is, you know, stuff that you can pull from to fill that confidence for me, I like to use music, you know, some whatever song, some Jay-Z song or something just makes me feel like, you know, like just it just makes me feel so much better. It fills me up um, rambling about that. Um, so then I started thinking about, um, you know, when I was driving, I was thinking about failing. And what is the big deal about failing, right? Like you try something, you fail, and then you try something again. But it's like this crippling fear whenever you try to do something, whenever you want to apply for something, you want to, you know, get that job, you want to get that promotion, you want to um, talk to that girl, you want to um, take that leap, you know, any to anything that I've ever wanted to take a leap in, uh, anything I've ever wanted to put myself out there for. Um, you know, I get, uh, let's say for instance, a really good example is somebody will offer me a spot on a show today. I got offered a spot to headline and I'm in my mind. I'm already set that I'm not going to headline. I'm not ready. Um, yeah, I'm not even ready for feature work, but I'm going to take feature work because you know, that's something I can, that's more attainable in the, in the right now. But that's the, the fear, you know, in my head will talk and tell you you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, and just fill you with self-doubt when in reality you should just accept things and then worry about how you're going to do it later. You know what I mean? Um, the headlining gig I didn't take because it's very short, um, and it's a lot riding on it as far as... Um, the outcome. So I, I really don't want to, I just wanted to take a step back from that. I'm all right with that because that's a decision I made a long time ago that I'm not a headliner. I was offered a headlining uh, spot like three or four months ago and I'm just like, mm, I can do 20 minutes. I don't have a tight 20 minutes. I sure as hell don't even have a tight 10 minutes, but I can maneuver my way around because of um, my personality. Um, so I'm able to adjust, but to be a headliner on the bill and people are paying tickets and you're the fucking dog at the end of the fight, mm -mm, not ready for that yet. Don't want it. So I'm all right with that. But other opportunities that present themselves, let's say for instance, when I was offered to take over as host of Laugh It Up Tuesday and produce the show. Um, I was like, oh, I got to think about it. Every, every time, I always got to think about it. What is there to think about? This is what we're here for. This is what I'm here for is to do, is to be in this position. What is there to think about? Boom, take it. And you know what? I did, and I didn't look back. But I was filled with fear and self-doubt in the beginning. And, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. People tell me I'm doing a pretty good job. And um, I'm happy with how the show has grown. Um, you know, coming up on a year in Jan July. So what is it now, March? So I still got coming up on a year. We're not coming up on dick. Um, so the, what am I trying to say? I'm doing a lot of fucking rambling. Fear and overcoming fear 
All right, look at um, the biggest fail failure in my life. The biggest failure that I've ever had in my life was going to jail, getting arrested, facing 25 years in prison, getting sentenced to prison, and then having to carry out the sentence. That was the biggest failure of my life. Why? Because it cost me everything at the time. It cost me the place where I was living, cost me a girlfriend, cost me money, it cost me opportunity, I became a felon, it cost me my future. Um, I was in school to be a um, state trooper at the time. That was um, one of my many career paths was not even just to be a state, like obviously that was the goal to be a state trooper, but what I was trying to do is just become a cop. I was in school for criminal justice. And uh, while in school for criminal justice, I actually got arrested the the week before I was supposed to start. Um, uh, before, yeah, a week before, a week before I was supposed to start school to be a cop, I got arrested. Um, so I had to play out my court case while I was in school learning about the criminal, like the criminal justice process. I'm literally learning parallel what I was going through in school. So when I was learning in school, I had this like better understanding of what was going on because I was literally in court going through all of these motions and discovery and, and motions and, you know, hearings and all that shit. Um, so that was the biggest failure of my life. That, that took everything from me, but it was also the biggest turnaround in my life. It's one of my biggest, um, milestone, uh, milestone turning point. Maybe it was one of the biggest things that happened to me in a positive way because of how I came out of it. Not that that process was positive to me because it wasn't, it was very bad. It wasn't very bad. It was very, uh, it was very hard. It was a very hard process, but I needed that process to become a man. I wasn't a man before I got arrested. There's a very big difference. A man is somebody that's able to provide for themselves, that is courageous, someone that is, um, someone that takes on life, not just looking for ways to manipulate, ways to um, use other people to get up. That's not a man. That, in my definition, is a man. It's somebody that can provide for themselves, that goes out and attacks, um, you know, and it's just looking to, to, to do shit rather than to have, you know, wait for somebody else to do it so that you get part of it. That's what I was doing. I was a mama's boy, right? My mom moved out on me. Um, when I turned 18, she bought a house and she moved to Florida and left me in the apartment and, excuse me, and, um, and I was just mooching. I was just mooching off people. And, um, and just not, you know, I was just not grown up, I, not even being a man or not. It was just an adult. I think that's a better analogy. Um, cause I was, I, as I was describing, I was like, well, women can be all those things too. Um, it's not just being a man, it's being an adult. I wasn't an adult. And, um, and that, and jail and that whole process changed that for me because I couldn't depend on anybody. I had to go in there and, and do for myself, but Back to what we we're saying about failing. When I 
got arrested, if you would have told me that that would have been the biggest, most impactful event of my life and that because of that I was going to become a way better person, I would have laughed in your face. I would have told you, you are fucking retarded. This is the worst thing ever. I can't do this. And that's that. But I, you're not, I, I don't think anybody can see it when you're going through it. But to be open to the fact that when things happen, there's opportunity that comes from it, changes your perspective. Now, one of the most important pieces of advice that I got going into um, sentencing, when I was driving to get sentenced, my brother told me, if you want to beat them, do everything they tell you to do. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm telling you, if you want to beat them, do everything that they tell you to do. And that stuck in my head. And I went in there, and sure enough, I said, you know what? So that's, that makes sense. I, I, I mean, as soon as I got in there, as soon as I got into, um, as soon as the judge sentenced me and, the, sh- and the, the sheriff took me away, as soon as I went down, I saw it, right? Like it just, it, I, that phrase was stuck in my head and I kept repeating it in my head. The whole time they were taking me downstairs, I kept saying, all right, if I'm going to beat them, I got to do what they say. Just if I got to beat them, I got to do what they say. And sure enough, I saw somebody else not doing what they were told and being combative and then I watched what happened to him. Not that it was violent, just the way that they treated him. The way that they treated him versus the way that they treated me was completely different and it was because of the way I was accepting my responsibility, the way I was accepting where I was. I had no more choices. There was no, I don't want to do that. It's not for me. I want to sit here. I want this. No, there was none of that. It's you get, you get, you get. This is what you get. This is what you get. That's it. And um, that helped me grow through it because then I was open after all of that. If I were closed the other way and I tried to be combative towards it, I never would have been open to all of the opportunities that were in front of me. Um, So I was able to learn lessons that way. And um, I was able to learn from this incident, this, uh, this... time in my life where I, you know, was at my lowest. I was so ashamed of everything. I was just completely ashamed. You know, just, I I can't even describe how um, hurt I was by everything. Just seeing anything or finding out about anything I went, anybody I went to high school with, I was just completely ashamed. Like I was, I was the lowest of the low. Here I was, you know, my mother busted her ass to make sure we didn't live in the Bronx or in some hood and give us, and she gave gave me the best opportunity that she could all by herself. And here I was in fucking jail for acting like an asshole. And, um, 
And that's really what I was acting about. Regardless of the fact that if I was set up or not, you know, I wanted to cry that game, that poor me, uh, why did this happen? You know, why did this happen to me? You know, I didn't do anything. I was set up. Uh, you know, I was just trying to do somebody a favor. It's all bullshit. At the end, I put myself in that position because of the way I was acting, of the person that I was. I put myself in those positions. So, I learned a lesson when I came out, when I completed my sentence in 2009, I completed. I was able to avoid prison by taking a program called Drug Court. And I had to pretend that I was a drug addict so that I could avoid prison. But it was, I didn't have to lie. That's the weird thing. Like, I pretended I was a drug addict, but I didn't tell him anything that was false. I, yeah, I did a bunch of drugs. And, you know, and I didn't have control over myself at the time. I didn't. I made bad decisions all of the time. I drank all of the time. I liked to get high all of the time. And that were, those were my goals. There were no other goals. There was no other things that I was working towards. There was nothing. Like, that was my life. And that was what made me an addict. And I went in there and I did the whole program. You know, I did inpatient for six, seven months. I came out and I had intensive, intensive, um, um, I don't want to say duties, but intensive responsibilities that I had to adhere to for the court. I had to be in court every Thursday. I had to be in probation every Monday. I had random drug tests every Friday. I had to do three outpatient um, sessions every week. I had to do three AA meetings every week. And I had to have a job, a full-time job on the books. Couldn't have no part, um, no um, uh, off-the-books job. Um, so I, I came out. I didn't have nowhere to go. Okay, I could not leave the state of New Jersey. My mom lives in Florida. I had nowhere else to go. I was staying with my brother in a little ass room that he was sharing with other people. And it was just, just the, I mean, I, it was the pits, the pits. I got a job um, sweeping uh, hair, sweeping hair on the floor at a barbershop and running the cashier. I was making like $175 a week, okay? $175 a week. I was 24, 25 years old, and I couldn't even keep that job because it wasn't on the books, and I had to get a job, and you know what? I couldn't get a job because I was a fucking felon. Nobody wanted to hire me, and I'm looking for a job, and you know where I went and I applied, and I was hired at McDonald's right there on Essex Street in Hackensack. I applied. They gave me the job, $875. I was supposed to start on a Monday, and... um I think it was in court. It was either in court or somewhere I found a um uh a job in uh in Hackensack doing telemarketing. Oh my god, that job saved my life. I didn't want to go work at McDonald's, man. But you know what? I was at that point where it was either comply or not. If I didn't get the job, I'd go back to jail. Plain and simple. So I had to. I got the job. But the the, the the key at that point was the surrendering. The fact that I was willing to eat shit and go work at that McDonald's put me in, a, in another position to be open for opportunities and be able to accept those opportunities. Because had I been combative and how had I been uh, rebelling against the system, you know, ungrateful, all those things, they don't, they leave you blocked. The, the cynicism, the... 
the the constant questioning like that just leaves you blocked for opportunities i would have never been able to recover if i did the um did the opposite and and have been combative i would have never been able to to get my life together you know how many people i watched go in and out in and out i i got in trouble twice the whole time and that was only twice because i forgot to go to drug court before i mean i forgot to go to my appointments and um and it was you know stupid stuff they they weren't mad at me it was just a dumb mistake and but i still had to pay for it i had to go spend the weekend in the county jail um but um i'm all over the place now i mind uh back to um back to um what am i talking about god my brain is so scrambled i'm just thinking about as soon as I said going back to jail, my freaking mind went blank. Um, but yeah, just overcoming those those failures. Um, you, you, if you fail, I just feel like you you can't spend time um, being down on yourself. You can't spend time, um, and I've seen it too. I've seen it in comedy, man. I see sometimes guys um, have a bad set. They come off stage and they're just down man and when you're like that nobody wants to come up to you and say hey you know that was you know that wasn't good but so and so there you know like um last night even somebody you know they had an okay set it wasn't that good but they found there was a bit in there and i went and i told them i said hey out of all that that one thing you said there's something there you know you should work on that Maybe say this, maybe say that, maybe there's something there. And then I'd seen that person completely turn, like their attitude was like, huh, you're right. You know, I was like, hey, man, this is what these open mics are for. You go up there and you ramble a bunch of dog shit and you find one little thing that you can go back with and, and work on it. Like, that's the point, you know. And um, But th I wouldn't have been open to that if that person was sulking. And they weren't sulking. I could tell they weren't happy about it, but they weren't sulking. So it left it open for me to be able to approach them. I've seen other people have bad sets. Um, somebody at my show had a bad set a couple weeks ago. He, he started out really good, uh, getting laughs, had one bad joke. I don't know if it was the delivery, the punchline, whatever. It didn't hit. And he sunk like a fucking log. Well, no, logs don't sink. They float at the top of the fucking water. What else sinks? Like a, like a boulder. He sunk like a boulder after that. It was like a flaming ship just going down. Um, you know, and he, he just never recovered. And uh, afterwards, you know, I wanted to go up and talk to him. And, you know, say, hey, don't be down on it. Like, the, you know, you started out really good and then you just lost steam. You got to focus on, you know, not losing steam. But you know what? I couldn't say a fucking word to him because he didn't want to hear it. He was in his feelings. He got upset. And he was closed. And that's like that's a perspective. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in his head. For me, that's a perspective problem. You know, that, that perspective of you failed and it's terrible. Rather than you failed, what can I learn from it? That's the fucking mentality. That's the point that I've been trying to get to god damn it the whole point I've been trying to get to is when you are presented with failure when you make a mistake that's an opportunity for you to grow that's an opportunity for you to learn something better that's something new that's going to make you better 
And that is, that's like the, that's the main part of success, in my opinion. Every success I've ever had has come from failure. And the failure made me learn what not to do. And it gave you that, um, almost like when kids, you know, you teach a kid not to touch the, the stove because it's hot, but they kind of still have to touch it. Well, once you touch that stove and you feel it, then you know, and it, it's just, it just makes you better. So that's, um, that's been my approach to, to failure, but that's not something that's active. That's not something that sits on the top of my head. So then when days like Sunday comes and creeps up, I'm not thinking about how failure is going to make me better. I don't think about that. I'm thinking about, I don't want to fail. I'm scared to fail. I don't want to feel that because failure sucks. I don't give a shit what you learn from it. Failure sucks. It doesn't feel good at all. It feels like shit, right? So you don't want to feel it. It's like getting punched in the face. Like if I tell you punching, if you get punched in the face, you're going to make money. You're going to want to do it, but you're still not going to want to get punched in the face. You're not going to like it. So it's the same deal, man. If, you know, failure is going to bring to you more, more good in the long run. It's I, it's everything. It's in every aspect. Um, I don't know, if you look him up, his name is Jocko Willink, former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's been on podcast. He has his own podcast. Uh, he's wrote a New York Times bestseller about leadership, and he always um, he has this video, like this one of those motivational videos where he talks about good. Saying good after everything happens. Oh, this thing happened to you? Good. More opportunity to do this. You didn't get that promotion? Good. More opportunity to get better. You know, like having that kind of mentality is like a steel, you're like a steel frame. I don't know. You're just fucking hard, man. You're a hard ass if you got that kind of attitude where you look at everything bad that happens to you and you're like, all right, good, better. You know, like I, sh I aim for that. I strive for that. I'm far from that far from that I you know I get upset about things too and then it takes me a second but I'm trying to be quicker I'm trying to be quicker in that because when I'm quicker in that it's going to make those opportunities um bigger it's going to be it's going to allow me to seize better opportunities um when something happens to you and you spend too much time saying why me or why did this or this sucks and you're complaining about it all that time you're spending complaining you could have been looking at what you what you've learned how can you have done better you could have started working on getting better and you don't because you're complaining and you're bitching and you're crying and that shit that's not it's not good man it's not good it's not good um, I pretty much beat that subject in the head, man. So, overcoming fears, um, it's not easy. It takes work. It's hard. But courage, courage is what is going to get you through it. You have to have the courage to know that you're going to be better, even if you fail. Everything you do, it you're going to be better if you fail. All right, this fucking podcast episode could be a fucking failure with all of my stuttering, my uh, and losing track and blabbering, all right, it could have been a failure, but you know what, it'll make me better for next week's episode, you know what I mean, like, that's the whole point, that's the perspective that I'm trying to keep in my head, and trying to fortify this, um, 
this attitude, just this attitude of uh, of you can't hurt me. Like there's just nothing. I, you know what I've been through, man. You know what it's like to 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 walk into walk into the place where you're going to be spending the next six or seven months you know under under supervision you can't leave or you're escaping prison uh, you're a prison escapee that's five years or automatically and you can't leave the premises you can't do what you want you can't take a shower what you when you want you can't eat when you want you can't sleep when you want and I just remember that first day and I'm going in there and sitting there like, how am I going to do six months of this? Like, I've just been through so much, so many deaths in my family. People died, uh, people leave, people OD, friends of dead, you know, like I've been broke. <laughs> I've, I, I've always, I've oh, like my whole life I've been broke. Um, everything's always been a struggle and I'm okay with that. Because that just makes everything else easier. I just have so much of an easier time now dealing with stuff because of all of the other stuff I've been through. But if you tell me that going through them, that it was going to make me better, you think I want to hear that shit? Anybody. Nobody wants to hear that while they're going through it. But it's like a practice. It's just something you got you to gotta work at. You have to plant that seed in your head that mistakes and failures are going to bring you to a better place and um once you have that seed planted you can you know it'll grow it'll grow you just got to keep watering it keep working at it and all that other good shit you always hear um but that's it man that's all i really wanted to talk about was just overcoming fear and getting over all that shit um i'm happy that i got over it this weekend and i'm going to keep at it um what else is going on? That's it. We got that show. We got tomorrow, Laugh It Up Tuesday. Well, it'll be tonight when you hear it. Mickey's Bar and Grill in Little Fairy, New Jersey. They also have karaoke night. They got Wing Wednesdays. They got, um, you know, a lot of different events. Check them out online, Nikki'sBarandGrill.com. Um, I love that place. You know, it's it's such a great place, local, nice little bar. Um, then we have the dungeon, the comedy dungeon, man. This place is going to be epic, too. Friday night's bringing new jersey comedy up 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 and um yeah man that's exciting all exciting stuff um that's it uh that's it for the podcast today folks um thank you for listening and uh i will see you guys next week see you later